From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca, your host, and I just want you to know that I really appreciate you listening to my show, so speak to me. My team and I spend so much time and energy thinking and preparing for our show about things I care about, and I think that you will too. So I want you to know what you're thinking, if you find the show riveting, valuable, horrific, offensive, whatever, fill in the blank, jet me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Or you can go right to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and fill out the contact form. It'll get right to me. You can also visit me on Facebook, and I promise I will get right back to you. So if you miss part of the show, you can go to recent shows on my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. You can listen there. I'm also on iTunes, so plenty of places to listen to the show. All right, so we're going to get started. Lots to cover. Social media and technology have changed a lot in recent years. One thing that has changed for the better, though, is more conversation about things that are, well, considered taboo. There is open conversation about the wage gap between men and women, as well as obviously sexual assault and the Me Too movement has obviously so much to do with it. More and more people are being open about the labels they put on themselves, and dialogue is necessary to push this country forward. Throughout the years, a lot of imagery has been associated with feminism, both good and bad. The one thing that immediately pops out to me is women, women wearing bras, and although outdated, it's an image that sends a strong message. What do you think of when you think of feminism? Is there a clear image or definition that comes to mind? Well, here today to talk about all things feminism and all things comedy is activist, feminist, and comedian extraordinaire, Katie Goodman. So big welcome to you, Katie. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Francesca. Thanks for having me. So so how did you get into comedy? And more important, how were you able to be successful at it? I mean, that seems to be such a scary, you know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, in radio, I'm behind a mic. No one sees me, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I could be in my pajamas right now, for all you know. <laughs> Pretty close, but anyway, go ahead. I should try my show in my pajamas. That would probably add some comedy to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I started out actually as an actor, and I had my own theater company. I've lived in a bunch of places and toured a lot of things. And about exactly 19 years ago, I started broad comedy which is my troupe mm-hmm. and we you know it came about exactly and not coincidentally when the first bush came into office and i suddenly had a lot to say <laughs> <laughs> and um so i but i'm a sort of a you know mildly um short attention span type person in terms of writing so i didn't want to write plays and sketch seemed like the perfect format for me. So sketch comedy and musical satire, because I'd always been a musical person. Mm-hmm. And I started writing songs and I started writing sketches. And then my husband jumped in also. He, he's a great feminist as well. And we decided 
I, at first, I just wanted, I wanted it to, I was really clear on wanting it to be a women's show of all women. I'd done a lot of different things over the years. I ran a women's theater festival, um, two of them actually in Philadelphia and Los Angeles, and it just was my wheelhouse. So having an all women's sketch show seemed like a lot of fun. And then I ended up emceeing it and writing little bits of stand up in between. So it sort of morphed over the years. And I never really ended up doing the stand up comedy circuit. I kind of say thank God and I'm sorry for other stand-ups who are listening to this. It's so hard. They work so hard. Especially, um, you know, being a parent, this is hard on both men and women, but going out at night to clubs where you're, you know, alone and heckled and coming back on a train at two in the morning is not really my uh, idea of a great time. So for me, coming out of theater, I ended up doing sketch comedy shows in theaters. And so I kind of came up through theater, as they say, instead of coming up mm-hmm. through the comedy scene. And so your songs are both funny and political. Where do these ideas for these songs come from? You know, anger. <laughs> 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 well, any kind, you know, it's funny. It's it's funny that you say that. Not to interrupt you, but um, you know, I mean, as, I'm an artist, and you know, I mean, lots of different emotions come up, and sometimes, yeah, anger too can be one of them, right? But anyway, so so sorry to interrupt. So yeah. go ahead. And you know, and you just don't want to sit there angry all day. So it's like, let's transform this into something funny or fun. Mm-hmm. I think the great thing about comedy for me, because interestingly, when I was in theater, in the beginning, we did a lot of plays. And I remember my husband, Soren, and I ran this company together. And we did a play called K2 about two climbers. You know, there's a movie about it. And one of them breaks all his legs or something and he can't come down and the other climber has to leave the climber on the mountain to die and I remember every night we did it in a climbing gym every night I'm like climbing down and my character's crying and I'm saying goodbye but in real life it's also my husband and you have to like as an actor dredge up some of that you know (laughs) juicy emotional um, method acting from your real feelings and I was like this sucks And I thought, I don't want to keep doing this. I, You know, it's so hard to be sitting and, you know, you hear stories of, like, in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Everybody in the cast went crazy, you know, because they're sort of living these emotions all the time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go into comedy through this. So I, um, you know, so it also is really helpful. And I'm also, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I'm also a life coach. And I've done a lot of work in, um, with a Buddhist practice and the idea that when you're doing comedy, by definition, you have to step back from the subject in order to see something funny about it. And that's healthy. So tell us more about that. I want to hear about that. I find that really interesting. I'm sure the listeners will too. So so talk more about that. And you're a fine artist, like you paint? Oh, I know. I'm not a fine artist. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I took it up years ago when I was just kind of playing around with it. And I love, love, love color. And um, 
and I just started paint. I was renovating an old house um, yeah. with my now ex-husband. And um, I just, I really got into it. And, you know, I ended up applying for an opportunity to show my art at the Mass General Cancer Center while they accepted it. And that really gave me a lot right. of confidence. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? I mean, I wouldn't really put my art in, it, it's hardly in the fine art category but but anyway but and so you know going back to you know being a comedian I mean I just I think sometimes um you know that shouldn't have been what gave me the impetus to keep going but I have to admit it did because it was kind of a hoot and so I really it it blows my mind people in theater and how do they how do they step back from that approval Right, right. So, I mean, what I was going to say, and the reason I asked you is because really in any art, you need to be able to step back from the subject enough to see it, right? Yes. And have something to say about it because you're a, comment, you're, you're a commentator, sort of, mm-hmm. which is also what you do as a radio person. So it's like you're, you're not just sort of going through and living your life and walking mm-hmm. through all of it. You're looking back. So you're kind mm-hmm. of a big picture person. And I mean, I can just tell already that's what you do. And, and so as a comedian, that's what we all do or try to do and sometimes when it's not successful it's because we couldn't really step back from it and people ask all the time like what subjects do you not tackle you know and and there's lately in the last few years there's been a lot of comedians trying to do say for example comedy around rape Mm -hmm. and while it fails a lot of the time it's so difficult Mm -hmm. um it's also i think a really healthy sign as a culture that we're even talking about it instead of yeah. whispering it under our breath mm-hmm. like my parents generation not talking about cancer it's like yeah oh yeah oh yeah you would <laughs> my mother she's 92 she wouldn't ever say cancer she would only, when, when my father Whisper got it. sick with cancer yeah. daddy has c <laughs> Not, not that that's funny, but but you know, no, I mean, but ten years ago, I mean, that's and but still, not that, not that right, word, exactly. So I think it's healthy when you can talk about all these things, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that was just what drew me to comedy and how one sort of keeps going with it. But you were asking about confidence too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so here's how I kind of look at validation which is really kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, Did you ever, by the way, see that YouTube video yeah. validation? No. Oh, my gosh. It's called okay. validation? Okay. Val- you, you've, got to, you've got to see it. It's, it's, okay. it's hysterical. It's so funny. Go okay. ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, I'll look that up. Um, so I think it's to hold it lightly. So, you, well, first of all, you know, validation has to come from from yourself of if course. it's going to mean anything. Right. So I always tell people, I mean, one of my things that I talk in my um, keynote speeches is about authenticity and excavating your authentic voice. So you don't want to show up in the world not as you, not authentically, and just kind of pretend to be something else. And for a million obvious reasons, but one of the most important is if you actually start succeeding at that and you get a lot of validation from the outside world, it's going to be completely hollow because you're like, Ugh, I know that's actually not really me. Yeah, that imposter. <laughs> yeah, so it won't it won't even make you feel good if you get right. validated for that. Right. So you might as well get validated or shot down for your authentic self because mm-hmm. at least at the end of the day, it's you. Right. And you know what? You know, that is so... Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I, I keep interrupting yeah. you, but just, no, yeah, it's, no. it's, but it's just, you know, it's like in a relationship, um, you know, I, I just, you know, for years, I guess I'm just a late bloomer, but you know, I just, I really didn't, wouldn't show up in the relationship as really my authentic self, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I had a lot of 
theatrics in me and just could do all the right <laughs> behaviors and you know right. and, and this time you know I this was a long time ago now um this relationship that I'm in it was like you know what um this is who I am and right. and it was like wow this guy's digging yeah. me as I am oh my god and gave me more and more I was like wow this is really pretty cool that's um, great yeah yeah but you, but you know as a as a coach um it's kind of interesting and in, in talking about art um you know when I was um first painting I would make such a mess out of my and I, I always painted in acrylics, always, because oil mm-hmm. was just took too long. Oh, no, no, no. That was just too yeah. long. To, you know, I, I want to just get this painting done. <laughs> the journey had nothing to do with anything, right? And I got so tired of these paintings where the colors were just so muddy. And I don't know, one day, I don't know, this little voice inside of me just said, step back. And I was in the midst of this, you know, difficult situation personally as well. And it all sort of came together, step back. And I had... And And so when you're talking about the art, you know, uh, uh, what you're doing, that stepping back is what gives you the, you know, you're looking at it from a, from a distance, right? You're looking at it and like, okay. And, you know, now it's just, it's so much easier to step back. And I mean, I just can't Mm -hmm. imagine um, (laughs) making big decisions or, you know, so, so I always say that art is life really and it teaches you how to live your life so what i teach are very specifically um using the tools of improv comedy in everyday life Mm -hmm. and i talk to corporations about this and i talk to nonprofits, and i talk i coach individuals and i teach classes so i've seen it all the way from like what you're describing learning how to apply that to your personal life all the way up to how to run a company and it and again, it's back to authenticity. What's the authentic nature of the business, of the people running the business, of the interactions between the people in the company or in just relationships like you're talking about? And all of it, I mean, everything is an improv. <laughs> you, you kind of, you can't not be doing that in your life. I think one of the differences between the kind of art you're doing and I'm doing is that performance art of any kind, whether it's improv comedy or theater or sketch or music, is that it's gone the minute you're done, mm-hmm. unless you record it, right? So, right. but in terms of live performance, it's kind of over. One of the things I love is when I get my new CD in the mail, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, it's permanent. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a treat for me yeah. because I'm never working in permanence. Whereas for you, you are, even though you can touch it up or change it later, it, there's sort of this nice thing about it being permanent, but it it is interesting because you're you have to, your process to get to this permanent thing is really important that you stay in the process and you stay authentic and you're stepping back and looking back. And it can and be what, agonizing. I might just throw yeah. it. <laughs> so it can be. And then there's also so this is kind of a balance because at the same time, like if you're an improv and you're standing outside the scene in your brain like you're almost looking at it from the audience or you're um, back and in the big picture too much of the time then you're also not in flow yeah and you're not engaged so it is both things as this duality that you have to try to kind of wobble back and forth between the two mm-hmm. and not freak out like oh, i didn't step back or oh, i wasn't in it you know it is this little dance between the two things all the time 
Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know. So, Katie, you um, have personal growth workshops. What's proven the biggest insecurity for women, do you think, to tackle? Oh, that's a great question. Nobody's asked me that before. The biggest. Well, you mean, so validation is they're trying to get validation for all the insecurities. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. I, you know, well, it doesn't have to be the biggest I mean, insecurity, of, but what, what are, yeah. what are, I mean, I, what are, I you know, some of the bigger ones, women, mm-hmm. like having a strong opinion and speaking up about it. Um, I have really noticed it's a stereotype and it's changing, but women really are just not trained to do that from being not doing that in class. If I speak up, I'm the, you know, not sexy one or something you know I'm not even sure what girls are taught anymore exactly I have a son but um and it's not like attractive right like that was definitely well right when I was right. young right and so well, you, you sound pretty young a... to me so <laughs> I'm turning 50 in a month <laughs> oh, well. you got That's a couple young, good right? years left babe <laughs> <laughs> just a couple though <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. You know, actually, it's interesting. Let me just a total aside. I love being my age yeah. so much. Yeah, and it's a bit better most, as we get older, I think. Yes. And the most kind of offensive thing that happened to me recently was right after the election. I was on an obnoxious radio show with these two guys who were complete Trump supporters. And it was literally the next day and I was a basket case. And, um, you know, they just like attacked and attacked and attacked me. It was absolutely horrible until oh. I finally was like, you know what, guys, I'm done. And I got off. Good for and you. And I got off the phone and I kind of still listened into the show because I was curious what they'd say, a misogynistic thing they'd say. Oh, next. yeah, yeah. What did they and say? And they said, oh, she's this, you know, um, unsuccessful <gasps> com- comedian standing in front of a brick wall on Monday nights. Uh, no, and they called me a 27-year-old. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. But <laughs> what was so obnoxious about it, and it was really interesting in terms of like people's projections onto other people, mm. is that A, I had literally the night before done a show for 700 people in a big, beautiful theater, and B, I was 48 or whatever, and B, sort of, anyway, it was just sort of this uh, this belief that, you know, uh, this, this putting down of women mm. that... It was also with the the age and the the whole thing was just so incredible. And I remember I was really upset by it because I was upset by everything that week. Mm-hmm. But I was really upset by like I was like, this is what's so awful about mm-hmm. not having women in power mm-hmm. is that the images that are still residing are that we're not powerful, that we're young and or not knowledgeable or something like that. It was really interesting. And so here's me trying to speak up, and they literally wouldn't let me get a word in. They didn't know anything about me and they made a thousand assumptions. And that I do think just to completely tie it back in is what's happening to girls still in the classroom and the confidence. And, and back to that idea too, is you want to hold this validation from other people very lightly. Like, yes, it's nice or it's interesting feedback, but it still has to absolutely come from you mm-hmm. or you're not going to feel good about it. Like, it's not going to matter. Like if those guys had validated me, I wouldn't care less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it still has to come from you, but but getting some um, love and feedback like you did in the art um, cancer thing that you did, that's that's beautiful and lovely. And it just gives you, it's just got to be like one of a hundred things a year, right? Like exactly. just little things yeah, here and there. Of course. And then you are 
deciding what you really think, you know? Right. <clears throat> I mean, because yeah. we are in relation to people, obviously. I mean, exactly. right, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite sayings, and, and um, I, I wish I could, I try to follow it more, is um, what people think about me is really none of my business. And, yeah. but you know what? It just, <laughs> but just saying that is, you know, it's yeah. because it's important because I didn't grow up right. with that kind of, um, you know, I, I didn't have that validation. You know, there was yeah. just too many kids and too, you know, so, oh. you know, but yeah. that's okay. But anyway. Um, and Francesca, you know, I wrote a song very specifically about this three years ago when I was turning 47 <clears throat> and I started a hashtag for actresses called Say Your Age. Yeah. And so I've been saying my age ever since. And but what was hilarious is the next day I got um, offered a part as a 50 year old. And I was like, oh, karma. But, um, <laughs> that's right. You put it out uh, there. And I wrote a song about that experience and it's called um, Halfway Closer to Dead. And your <laughs> listeners can see it by going to my um, just go to YouTube and type in Katie Goodman and it'll come up. Um, but Halfway Closer to Dead. And it's all about being <laughs> just about not needing validation and being like look mm-hmm. I, you know this is me i am this is what we got i'm turning you know at the time 47 and i don't have time or interest to impress people anymore <laughs> you know well you know people don't to- care that much i hate to say it and it's not and it's not and and but yeah. but let me just clarify what i really mean by that it's not that people don't care it's that you know what we're all too busy with our own lives doing our own thing and by the way if we are really into our lives and really living our lives frankly we really just don't have time to be exactly yeah and we want to get stuff done you know i mean it's like look around at the world pick something (laughs) there's so many things that need help and once i feel like and this is back to the flow idea if you're in the flow with whatever your service is to the world and it may be you know everything from you know literally serving people to working you know uh, on an issue that you care about you know or refugees or whatever you care about um there's so much when you're in the flow with that you aren't thinking about what are people thinking of me you're just serving and it makes you feel better. I mean, is the great irony of it, you know, so you can get out of your head. And I think that is what I try to teach too with improv is it's not that people aren't funny or creative. It's that they can't get to it because they're so blocked because they exactly can't access it, you know, which is kind of what you were talking about too. And like stepping back, but also having enough confidence to access your creativity and the world needs it. The world needs our creativity right now. So more than ever, ever, ever. We're just tuning in this morning. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Katie Goodman. Um, Katie, we do need to take a short break. But when we come yeah. back, I'd love to talk about the, the women that you recruit for Broad Comedy Troupe. So okay. listeners, hang <laughs> tight. We'll be right back. Coffee no longer has to be a guilty pleasure. 
You've heard that red wine is good for you because of nature's most potent antioxidant, resveratrol. Vera Roasting Company makes the only coffee infused with it. Each cup of Vera's coffee delivers the same amount of resveratrol as found in a glass of red wine without the alcohol, sulfates, or tannins. Years of medical studies indicate that regular resveratrol in our diets promote cardiovascular health, slows the progression of certain cancers, Alzheimer's disease, and type 2 diabetes. Vera Roasting Coffee won double-blind taste tests against the leading coffees. Vera Roasting also offers its delicious heart-healthy coffees with added vitamin D to help Ward off the winter blues. You can't get Vera Roasting Coffee in stores. You need to go to veraroasting.com. Free and fast shipping is always available. veraroasting.com. Vera like Vera Bradley. Go to veraroasting.com. That's veraroasting.com. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. It can be easy to lose sight of your dreams and aspirations, especially when they seem so out of reach. Between school, kids, and work, your true desires can get left on the back burner. But you should never settle for less than what you deserve and what you know in your heart of hearts you want to do. Carrie Hummingbird has developed a program that will cast away your fear and self-doubt and inspire you to take charge of your life. But don't take my word for it. Christina Wolf took the program and described it as a trustworthy guide to show you how to transform yourself at the soul level. You will have to dig deep, and it won't be easy. But then again, nothing worth having is. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone, and your comfort zone ends at the Reinvent Yourself program. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.carriehummingbird.com. You'll be glad you did. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Katie Goodman. Welcome back, Katie. Thank you. This All is right. fun. I so, was on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can keep going. You can keep going. Um, it's fine because we have some more time. But um, so you know, a woman can be comical, com- comical, excuse me. But broad comedy caters to a, a specific audience. So, what's your criteria for recruiting these hilarious women for broad comedy <laughs> troupe? <laughs> Well, they need to be liberal or they'll hate the show. <laughs> so let's start there. Okay. Um, 
they not need to not be afraid of the word feminist. <laughs> and I have another song called Sorry, Babe, But You're a Feminist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about a, a bunch of young actresses who are not using the word because that generation has grown up with a different feeling about the word and how, you know, we need to you are a feminist whether you like it or not if you're already speaking out about your opinions on things so you might as well <laughs> use right. the word and so um the women in my company i've had four different companies um around the country because we've um toured and moved and sat down in a new including boston that's where you are right yep and we were at the stewart street playhouse for three months um just sold out houses that was really fun we had our show after menopause the musical years oh, ago uh -huh. so i know the second act of that by heart while we were putting on makeup but um <laughs> that was a really fun place um to do our show and cast our show but it you know i think the first thing is that when i have an audition and in new york i had 250 people audition and the very first thing i said was go to youtube type in broad comedy and look at what we're doing to make sure you yeah. want this yeah it's very specific and it's, you know, we're not just doing a six week run, it's years. Mm -hmm. And these women are like my family now. Um, we just had a show last night. We're running off Broadway for a few more weeks at the Soho Playhouse. And we've been working really hard together to get there. So they need to be like, they needed to be sane, beautiful people that I could also go on tour with and actually be in a hotel room with for a week, you know? So, um, but they are, these guys are so crazy talented. I mean, they have to sing and dance and act and do comedy. So it's, you know, not a triple threat. It's a quadruple threat. And it's mm -hmm. hard. It's really hard material. Um, the comedy is not simple. It's complicated. It's political. It changes these poor women. I, I'm constantly updating material and like, can you relearn this line by Friday? Aww, you know, they love it. Because things Don't they? happen. I mean, they do kind of love it because it keeps it very alive for them. And also now they come to me and they say things like, oh, my God, we can't, you know, we, we have this. Um, in general, all of our music is original mm -hmm. that I write, but there's one song we've just added as a parody recently because we couldn't help it. And it's the song Ice Ice Baby. And we're doing it about immigration's custom enforcement. So it's we're dressed as ICE police officers mm -hmm. and it's a very funny vague dance number about immigration and you know somebody one of the cast members said oh my god wait this has changed let's update this so we're backstage you know like quickly rewriting it like oh my god we're gonna be able to memorize this in the next 20 minutes so it's that kind of thing that they really really care and they are you know willing to do it now also they're all a lot younger than me I was just, you know i have to admit i was thinking how old are these chicks yeah i mean i've been doing it for 20 years or 19 years and there's a piece called the united states extreme right-wing cheerleading squad yeah. which is one of our favorite pieces we've literally been doing it and updating it every year since the bush first bush administration and i'm in like pigtails and a cheerleading outfit and i keep turning to the cast and i'm like all right, y'all, somebody has to like do an intervention and tell me when I need to step down and hand this over to somebody else. So, but um, at the moment it's, you know, I can still do a cartwheel, so we're fine. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's, they're, they're, I mean, they're from 23 to 35 and it really does help me to keep my eye on issues that are not just like 
feminists who grew up in the 90s kind of yeah 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 so do you think that the growing support of feminism has been helpful for the success of broad comedy yeah you know it's so interesting i'm kind of like i like to be on the cutting edge right so now it's mainstreaming Mm. (laughs) which is very much so it's my goal right i mean we want that so soren my husband and i who write this show have been a little bit in the last year going okay so what is the cutting edge now you know if me too and you know using the word feminist and gay marriage you know gay or you know marriage equality and all those issues and transgender issues if those aren't edgy now Mm -mm. what are we writing about to push the culture further so it's kind of great for us because otherwise your art just dies right if you're just doing the same thing over and over so it's been pushing us a bit to Mm -hmm. branch and figure out like what's next now what are we asking for now what do we want awesome we've checked this list we've you know we're making progress so now what is it that we need to be thinking about next you know Mm -hmm. so so tell me what um why do you think that the word feminist gets such a bad rap (laughs) well the song lays it all out (laughs) i think um there's a lot of reasons and they're different for different generations so the millennials and down have have had a lot of rights that my generation didn't so you know there's some jaded taking for granted stuff which is awesome Mm -hmm. that's what we wanted right we Mm -hmm. want that Mm -hmm. and Interestingly, now, um, this isn't quite answering your question, but right now, with some rights being taken away, everything from reproductive rights to just simply the, I mean, I guess we can say that on the air, pussy grabbing and everything that Trump is saying, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they say it, (laughs) um, is making them go, wait, 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 what? And, you know, losing something is a great activator (laughs) for activists. So I think we're growing new activists right now, and that's why I think they're sort of more embracing the word. Also, I mean, it just, it had these implications of, um, in certain circles of like man hating, like all this garbage, right. which isn't right. really true about it. Right. But, you know, words get taken and by cultures and changed or whatever. So, so you know, in my view, it's that the patriarchy that was threatened by those words kind of made it seem ugly or unattractive in some way and these young women were like oh i don't want to be associated with that totally understandable but a bummer so and also i think they just don't understand that they actually are feminists if you want equal rights mm-hmm. you're just a feminist that's right. all it means that's right exactly there's a song there's a line in my song that goes um feminism just described by um, it's, it's social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. Why is this so confusing? And then it gets this huge laugh um, in the middle of the song. And, <laughs> yeah, really. And, you know, that's it. So, I, I mean, I, I just don't, um, I, I think it was sort of stolen a little bit, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in your experience, do you feel like men have been afraid or hesitant to call themselves a feminist? Men are still? Well, you know, there's, I mean, I love all these pictures of, like Sir Patrick Stewart with a feminist t-shirt and stuff like that. I mean, it's so great. It's so fun. Um, I think, you know, it just completely depends on the circle. Like, you know, we're living in 
northeast so right. it's there's a lot more than certainly in maybe in the south or something and in pockets you know in smaller mm-hmm. towns um, right and it's you know uh, um but i think it's way 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 more in the culture now because all these cool men and actors and things like that are coming out and using the word mm-hmm. and that's helping for sure okay big question what are your thoughts yeah. on the me too, me too movement and what direction do you think it's heading in I, you know i'm not a big predictor like i don't love predicting so i'll sort of okay you don't have to answer that weasel half, out of that part b of the question I, is you're <laughs> exempt from but what do you think of the book? Yeah, yeah, just only because um, I know you never I, like, know. I'm more interested, you know. I know, yeah. So I'm interested though in what it's done or doing presently, and of course, it's amazing. I mean, it's so funny that a hashtag is what's working. You know, so this yeah. is not like our generation, but it's I'm trying to use it. But yeah. that's wonderful because that, like you said, that is reaching this this next generation and the men and everything. Um, I think it's a, a, a beautiful, beautiful silver lining to Trump's presidency. It's interesting, like the, um, you know, um, Black Lives Matter came out of a lot, happened not so coincidentally, obviously, during um, Obama, because there was so much backlash to him. So having so much backlash to the feminist movement is making women stronger. I, I mean, you know, we owe a lot to Ashley Judd for being the first one, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's a snowball right so all these things are happening and trump has just made it so incredibly easy to create and you know a, a civil a civil rights movement or a, a rights movement mm-hmm. about it which is glorious and gorgeous i you know i don't know i like the idea that other things are coming out of it now too so but at the same time, it was kind of funny that, um, who was it, um, Jimmy Kimmel said on the Oscars Sunday night, mm-hmm. you know, so now women won't, well, I can't, I'm not going to screw up his joke, but <laughs> women aren't going to be <laughs> doing great in Hollywood in terms of Me Too, and they'll just have to deal with sexual harassment in absolutely every other facet of their life everywhere else. Good point, yeah. And I thought that yeah, it was funny and poignant, and, um, yeah. you know, the question is, like, will the young woman working at McDonald's have any power? And I have no idea if that's going to... It seems like it should trickle mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. but it might take a really long time or there might be more of a backlash and it depends again where you live and, you know, but it's wonderful. Of mm-hmm. course, it's great. So speaking yeah. of Trump, how has the materials in your songs and Broadway comedy <laughs> changed since Trump came into office, dare I ask? Well, I have a new impeachment song, which is an opera. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and that's online too. People can see that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny cause it's so, it's sort of easy jokes. So you actually have to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, also when, I mean, we're all kind of in agreement, certainly in my audience. So, um, and I don't really like to just do the low, lowest hanging fruit. Right. So what is the, what's the slightly more interesting, um, take on it i mean i think that's why we're doing things like the ice song you know ice ice baby Mm because it's mm -hmm. a very specific issue so like you don't want to just say oh trump 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 because it's not just him it's everybody who's 
hmm. down with what he's saying about immigration or whatever. So, you know, and, and climate change and things like that. So I think he's helped us hone um, what's important and what we want to say and what we want to highlight. Because we only have 14 songs in the show, right? Or pieces and sketches. Mm-hmm. It's it's And we don't want to be like, let's hit 14 different issues. Because it's really, we're doing a lot of women's stuff. We also have like a whole <laughs> piece about you know, um, I guess some of this, I don't even know if you want me to say on here, but, um, you know, like there's a house of, of vaginas all living together. And they're all different <laughs> kinds of personalities. And, you know, one brings home a penis and like all this kind of, you know, so we want to have some light, fluffy stuff that's not, mm-hmm, that's right. still kind of women's empowerment or funny because I think what's important is it's funny because it's stuff you don't see in an all male show or in the regular right you know, that's out there because when men aren't just aren't going to necessarily think about it although my husband is the co-writer and he thinks about this stuff all the time <laughs> but you know so it's like we want to have some stuff that's just raunchy and fun right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um the guys love it in the audience as well but trump has made us for the political material in our show he's it's the administration and the supporters we have a song called war on women you know it's all this stuff about trump and then it's like but guys 63 million of us voted for this guy anyway even though he said the pussy grabbing stuff so mm-hmm. you know what is going on and it's um you know god it's it's not i mean everybody's up in arms about it but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not far from over so katie we have time for one more question and i'm not going to ask <laughs> it you tell me a question you want me to ask you oh yes yeah. <laughs> um why what where do we go from here? Maybe. Okay. Where do we <laughs> I mean, go I from think, here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think for me, <laughs> we keep doing our show. We perform at Planned Parenthoods around the country and things like that. So it's a double whammy of trying mm-hmm. to raise money for things we care about. And mm-hmm. and I love that we're preaching the converted. People say, you're just preaching the converted. And I say, yeah, the converted's exhausted. So we're trying to come in and add some levity and let everybody bond together, you know, and feel like, okay, let's do this. And then on the other side of my life in terms of speaking, and I was just writing about this this morning, one of the things that I really want to do is make sure that I help other people use the tools of improv comedy in everyday life so they're, you know, flexible and risk-taking and trust themselves and they know their authentic voice. And that everything they need is right inside their head so that all these other women can go out there and create their own art or organizations or nonprofits and just or run for office and do things in a way where they feel really empowered. And guess what? I just got a a note from my intern that my next guest canceled. So guess what? We got 14 minutes now. If you want to keep talking. (laughs) Okay, so hold on. We're just going to take a short break. This is like, this is is very cool. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we're just going to take a short break. And listeners, stay with us here. We will be right back. Your body is not the only part of you that needs training. Your brain needs it too. Decision making and focus are one of the most important skills to accomplish your goals in life. Combat brain training is the first targeted neuroplasticity training that actually improves your cognitive ability to observe, decide, and act better and faster. Unlike digital-based programs that research shows create minimal or no real-world benefits, 
It incorporates portable handheld training tools that utilize all parts of the brain. 100% of the people who have followed the program report significant improvements in performance regardless of starting cognitive baseline. This program is perfect for anyone looking to accelerate their thinking process and really focus more effectively on any task at hand. Don't wait any longer. Go to CombatBrainTraining.com and find out more. Captain Lord Mansion is the ultimate bed and breakfast experience. It's the only AAA four-diamond bed and breakfast in Kennebunkport. But it's so much more. It's the perfect, elegant, romantic getaway. Relax at their day spa. Be pampered in your room with heated floors, jetted showers and tubs, gas fireplaces, king and queen beds, flat screen TVs, and all the quaintness with all the modern conveniences. Be surrounded by impeccable gardens, waterfalls, fountains, a putting green, a charming gift shop, wine cellar, the list goes on and on, including a full three-course breakfast. This is a stay that you will never forget. Engage in our special offers. Call 207-967-3141. 207-967-3141. CaptainLordMansion.com. In Kennebunkport, Maine. Memories and elegance await you. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. You're listening to Taco Crunchhouse. Got to speaking to Katie Goodman. Well, it's our lucky day, huh? I was just I thinking. Know, I, I, I was thinking. I feel like there's so much like. more I want to talk to her about. So I was okay. like, "Damn." Okay. So, so let me ask you some other questions. Well, first of all, I know that you did a TED talk where you talked about finding your authentic voice, and we kind of only yeah. touched on that briefly. So, speak about that. Well, it was fun because I got to, I, when I speak, I do a lot of audience participation and I also improvise a lot while I'm going. So for example, it, one of the things that I like to teach people is that you have your authentic ideas and only you have them because only you have had your specific um, experience in your life. Of so, for instance, Everyone comes from said, a totally different frame of reference. Exactly. Right. So if I said to you, um, um, something like, you know, fill in the blank, um, you know, 
um, oh, hey, you know, you're saying to another character on stage, like, oh, hey, don't I remember you from blank? Mm-hmm. So go ahead and just say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, hey, don't I remember you from being in that movie? It just reminded me of a a person that said, hey, don't I know you from being in the movie, Ted? I'm like, what? And I look at this guy and it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were both extras. That's something that you, Francesca, can only come up with. Like nobody is going to like that is and I've done this with thousands of people and I've I've never heard anybody come up with that end of that sentence. And the idea is that when you're doing improv, you are by definition, only able to pull out your authentic self because there's no time to censor it, really. Right. So what I try to teach people is how to do exercise. And I have a book called Improvisation for the Spirit that people can yes. get on Amazon. Yes, and it's I a workbook. Yep. yep. And so in the workbook, it's got a lot of things like that, but also other things like like projection exercises. And I do that in my TED Talk. So I okay. I'm gonna do this little trick on you. Okay. Oh yeah, no! It's not a trick. It's too early. Yeah. Okay. So if I said this is really easy. If I said, Katie Goodman is blank, blank, and blank. Give me three adjectives about me. Okay. Right and now. Don't worry. This isn't a narcissistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Katie uh, Goodman is is a feminist. Um, is super liberal and is wicked funny. Okay. Good. So. Again, I've done these with thousands, thousands of people, and they always say something different. I mean, they don't say Katie Goodman's a wallflower because it is sort of they're projecting onto me, so it has to be in a little bit of a range. Yeah. But of those three things you just said, liberal, funny, and what was the other one? Um, a feminist. Feminist. So are those true about you? Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know how funny I am. So I'm kind of I'm kind of funny, yeah, kind of funny. So yeah, yeah. but oh, I know where you're going. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. So everything that you see in other people is one of three things. It's something you already are. Yep. It's something you wish you were, or it's something you value, which is similar to wish you were. So you either value funny, or you probably wouldn't have had me on to the show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you are funny. Because you wouldn't be able to understand funny if you weren't funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And yeah. again, I teach what the deal is, is people getting out of their own way about being funny. Yeah. Right. So it's not like that they're not funny. It's they don't know how to get it out of their head, not out into the world. So that's a projection exercise. And you can do this in so many different ways. You know, judging other people is a, a negative way to do it. So if you're like, let me judge Trump or Britney Spears or whatever, mm-hmm. you can, you know, it's like, she's like if somebody said she's shallow or she's um you know too wealthy or something those might be things that somebody is worried about themselves oh my god i'm worried i'm too shallow oh my god i'm worried um if i want to be wealthy that's shallow (laughs) or something like that and those are a great way to suss out what your authentic self is so that's kind of what my ted talk did improvisation for the spirit yep Got it. It's and a perfect yeah. manual for living a pretty uh, inventive, humor-filled life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that was my idea of how do I take what's a workshop I've been doing for 15 years and get it into a book form somebody can do by themselves. And it's other things. You know, you can go, 
to a, a bookstore and you can just not go immediately to the shelf areas that you always go to, mm-hmm. but just let your eye wander and like, what's drawing your attention today? Or even in your closet, like, what are you projecting onto your clothes? You know, this is my power suit. This is my fat clothes. When I'm back. <laughs> this is my, right. And this is my, oh my God, I'm having dinner with my in-laws and I don't want them to criticize me clothes. So it's like, what is your, clo- you know, it's just material. It's cotton and die. (laughs) It doesn't actually mean anything, but we put all this meaning onto everything in the world. Other people, our relationships, what somebody said to us, you know, what our boss wrote in an email. And like the easiest place to do it is it's more fun than getting in a fight with your spouse is go to your closet and do a little projection exercise onto your clothes. And then say, what does that mean about me that I have a closet full of clothes I'm trying to look more wealthy than I am or clothes that I'm trying to make people think I'm arty or clothes that make Mm -hmm. people think I'm athletic or whatever. So what are you, what are you trying to project out there? What is your actual authentic self? It could be that you may have a a closet filled with stuff that is really very authentic. My closet is a crazy mix of a million things, partially because I'm an actor and I have different personalities on different days. (laughs) Like I just really vacillate a lot. I have a wide range of kind of who I am so I never really thought about it till I just said that out loud so that's kind of what my closet is and my closet's um, a lot of artsy clothes now that I think of it uh-huh yeah and you're an artist yeah I am yeah and you maybe gravitate to that because not because you're I'm not even saying you're necessarily trying trying to make people think something about you but it also may just be like oh I want my life filled with color it, well that's it it's it, yeah and um yeah. and I love expression um, right. Right. Yep, yep, yep. How'd you get yep. so curious? I'm curious. I'm very curious. <laughs> I remember one time dating a guy I was in my 20s. He said, "You ask too many questions." <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect for your job. Like you're like, and thank you. That's bye. That's what I do. Yeah, bye. Um, you know, that's such a great. It's a great question. I was a philosophy major, so I ah. guess I also gravitated to it early, but. The philosophy major is all about existential questions, which I kind of have ingrained in me, but they can also screw with your head. So yeah, yeah. Then I kind of got more into the, um, you know, personal growth or self-help movement. And there's some of that can be also really wishy-washy, but that's why I like taking comedy because it doesn't take itself so seriously. So doing, I do all these workshops for women all around the country at retreat centers. And it's things like, where, I mean, where do you do them? Games. Well, I have done Omega and Kripalu, but I'm also doing a place called Chico Hot Springs out in Montana where I run them myself. And it's so beautiful place and food and fun. And it's all women. Oh, wow. And it's all women, which I really like because we just say different things when the guys aren't around. And it's a nice way to to be able to do that and talk about how we participate and act on the planet as women. So it's kind of we play games for two days and exercises and some of it's writing and most of it's interactive and a little bit of it's like presentational by yourselves. But, you know, um, it's really fun and really silly. And because everyone's doing something they don't normally do, you kind of quickly go to your worst habits just by default. So you can see what those habits are. And for example, I mean, I've even done this with like, there's, uh, you know, a a very famous um, self-help coach and and she and I did something together and I had her do this game and she was sort of taking over for everybody and she's not a diva. So I was like, what's going on here? She wouldn't let anyone talk. And I stopped in the middle and I said, 
you know, usually I ask questions like, what are you, what's happening? What's going on in your brain? But in this case, I was like, tell me if I'm wrong, but it just looks like you feel responsible for everybody in this scene and you're taking over. And she's like, oh my God, yes, that's my family. They're the pirates who don't do anything. I have to take over for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's a great tool that even like the most self-aware people can get caught in, in a good way. So they can go, oh my God, yep, that's my thing. And then we sort of stop with awareness and see, is that serving us or not? And if it's a block and it's not in terms of like our relationships or how we work at work with other people or how we feel, you know, self-deprecating, then I said, well, let's try something else. Let's try where you don't take over, you know? And so they get a chance to play another game that way in a very like lighthearted way playful play so they're not like I want you to go home and try this completely differently with your whole family which is impossible right you know what I mean that's just the hardest way to do it so this is a playful way to do it and they can practice it and go oh my god yeah that was a lot better that and sounds then like so much bringing... fun so much better than, really so much fun. better than it's talk therapy right <laughs> it is and you know it also I I do it in corporate settings too so it's not just women's um mm-hmm. I've done it with a group of 50 male software engineers (laughs) which was awesome because they're so smart and clever right so we had such a good time we had a really hard time talking with clients and this group you know it was not their forte they're very solitary they're very in their head so we very logical very analytical very logical yeah they have their skills but they have their hands too so the whole weekend was about trying to help them kind of interact better and it was really effective. I mean, the CEO wrote to me like a month later, he was like, you have no idea. <laughs> this <laughs> totally helped. So I love doing that. I mean, my I loved helping people get rid of their, their blocks and the way they're doing things that are sort of inefficient or, or not helpful or uncreative and helping them see just another way to do something. I love going into companies and doing that. Listeners, you got to pick up this book, Improvisation for the Spirit. I wish that I had nabbed you before the interview to have you sent me one? <laughs> Sounds like oh, it. Oh, I'll send you one. Oh, good. I'm holding you to it. <laughs> okay. Well, no. So, so listen. So you've gained really amazing success. You know, ever since you started Broad Company in the '90s. Um, do you have any new projects that you're working on? Yeah. Well, Broad Comedy is off Broadway, so that's a really big thing that's just happening right now for us, and then touring around the country to fundraisers and theaters and colleges. So we want to do more colleges, I would say, is one of our things, and we want to do more women's organizations and progressive organizations because awesome. <clears throat> I don't want to just do stuff in New York. You know, there, I mean, I just did a show in Birmingham, Alabama, and another in Oklahoma City, and another in Dallas, and it was so fun i've never been to the south you know there's people down there just starving for <laughs> what we're doing mm-hmm. oh, yeah <laughs> you know so please contact you know have people contact me to to come down we love doing this and i'm also teaching for the first time an online class which is great because people from all over the world can get together at the same time really and i'm teaching yeah i'm teaching them two different things one is just everything I was just describing to you like how to get out of your own way and it's a life coaching class and then I'm also teaching another one that's very specifically called quit your day job (laughs) and it's about getting out of work you don't love and how to create the work you love oh I love it I love it yeah I'm really enjoying those and all of that is um at um Katie Goodman 
com is where my comedy is and katiegoodmanconsulting.com is where all my life coaching is. Oh, fantastic. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being with us this morning on Talk with Francesca. It's been awesome, really. Seriously, I loved it. so fun. You're a great question asker. Uh, (laughs) I'm so glad you didn't stick with that guy when you were 20. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. It was loads of fun. What an amazing, interesting woman. See you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week.